Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. Today, we're going to nestle into the book of 3 John, which comes very close to the end of the New Testament. Have you ever wondered exactly how to pray for the people in your life? Well, John, in his wise and loving manner, prays a prayer in this book that we need to pray over all of the people in our lives. This is Carol McLeod, and I'm so thankful that you have joined me on the Charisma Podcast Network. Currently, we're studying the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in this life-changing Bible study entitled, All You Need Is Love. Our journey into the epistles of John has now landed us in the third book that John specifically wrote to the early church. Today, we're going to begin our study of 3rd John. Now, just like 2nd John, there's only one chapter in this book of 3rd John, but my, 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 what a chapter it is. It has a great prayer. It's got incredible advice for us. It's practical. It's spiritual. You're going to love the book of 3rd John. Let me tell you about who's in the book of 3rd John. Other than John, the apostle, the author of this book, it has three main characters that are mentioned in the book of 3 John. There is Gaius, who follows Christ and loves others. What's not to like about Gaius? He's one of the truly good guys of the early church. He's a prominent believer. Everybody knows who Gaius is. And then there's Diotrephus, who's a self-proclaimed church leader, and he does not abide in truth. Think about his name for a minute, Diotrephus. He doesn't stay in a place of truth. Oh, but he thinks he's the big man on campus. He's all puffed up about his leadership. Do you know anybody like that? I hope not. And finally, we have Demetrius, a man who follows the truth, who loves the truth. So there you have it. It's John the Apostle. It's Gaius, one of the truly good guys in the early church. Diotrephus, all pumped up about who he is, but he doesn't stay in a place of truth. And then Demetrius, who does indeed follow the truth. Let's read from 3 John verses 1 and 2. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. This is good stuff here. No, this is great stuff here. This is a beautiful and heartfelt prayer that we should pray for those we love. John starts out the epistle of 3 John talking to the beloved Gaius. Remember him? One of the truly good guys of the early church. And John just says, Gaius, I love you, man. I truly love you. And this is the prayer that I pray over you, Gaius. Beloved, I pray that in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So why did John pray that particular prayer over a really good guy? Why did John pray that prayer over one of his beloved friends? Well, let's chew on the prayer 
And then we'll talk about the why. First of all, John said, Beloved, Gaius, I pray that in all respects you may prosper. Now, this word prosperous is the idea of success or an easy journey through life. John wants Gaius to experience a prosperous soul or a healthy soul. John wants Gaius to experience healthy emotions and healthy affections. He wants him to love the good things of life. John doesn't want Gaius to have a lot of emotional meltdowns, but he wants him to prosper emotionally. And then John wants Gaius to experience prosperous living. Now, let me tell you, I've studied this verse, and John is specifically praying for somebody that he loves, Gaius, that Gaius would live in a prosperous and successful manner. That's the prayer of John the Apostle. And finally, John says, I want you to experience prosperous health. Yes, John, I like this prayer. I especially like the part about prosperous health. I want to live in a healthy way every day that I'm alive, don't you? And I want to pray this blessed prayer over the lives of the people that I love. I want them to have a prosperous soul. I want them to experience prosperous living. And I want them to live in a place of prosperous health. Listen, I'm going to challenge you. Take a few minutes this week and write down the names of your gayest friends. Write down the names of the friends and family members that you are just hoping the very best for. And then pray 3 John verse 2 over your friends. Put their names in here. Say Sandra or Craig or Charles or Diane or Linda or Debbie or John. I pray that in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Listen, if it was good enough for the Apostle John to pray over his friends, it's good enough for you and I to pray over our gayest friends. How are your gayest friends doing physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially? Is there anything that you can do to help them? Is there a word of encouragement or a word of advice you could speak in their direction? Don't just pray for those that you love, but put hands and feet on the prayers for the people that you love. Think about your gayest friends. Think about the really good people in your life and pray for them and then serve them. Ask God to show you ways that you can serve them this week. All you really need is love when it comes to the relationships that God has given to you. We pray for our friends and we serve them in practical ways. Let's look at 3 John verses 3 and 4. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, than to hear of my children walking in the truth. 
Oh, don't you love the heart of John when it comes to the people whom he loves? He says there is no greater joy this side of heaven than to hear that the people that I love are walking in a place of truth. There is nothing that is as fulfilling as knowing that the people you love are walking in God's truth for their lives. There's nothing so fulfilling to a parent than to know that their children are living and abiding in a place of truth. What a powerful scripture to pray over your children, over your high school friends, over the church members, over your neighbors, over the people that you work with. Listen, no matter how old your children are, encourage them spiritually with your words, with prayers, and with sending Bible verses their way. If their birthday is coming, or Christmas is around the corner, or you're trying to think how to bless them this month, buy them a great book that you have read that's changed your life. Buy them a new book Bible and write their names in it. Buy them a Christian music CD or a worship CD. Buy them teachings from Bible teachers that you love. Buy them a subscription to a Christian magazine or give them tickets to a Christian conference. There is no greater joy for a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or just a friend than to know that the people you care about are living and breathing in a place of truth. Verses 5 and 6. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers, and they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. This is practical love at its finest. This is true love. True love does not exist in ooey gooey emotions. True love is not just about the songs that you sing to each other or gazing romantically into somebody's eyes, but practical Christian love is taking care of people who are serving God, whether you know them personally or not. It's taking care of missionaries and evangelists. It's sending money to support college students in training. It's supporting and praying for and sending care packages to and sweet notes to those who work at Christian organizations and ministries. It's supporting teenagers who are going on mission trips. My grandfather was a great supporter of missionaries 50, 60, 70 years ago. And before he went to heaven, he gave my dad the list of missionaries that he supported. And he said, now, son, I want you to support them. When my dad went to heaven, my mom began to support them financially every single month. And although my mom is still alive, she has given the list to me. And she says, Carol, when I go to heaven, I want you to support these missionaries because your grandfather supported them, your father supported them, and now it's your turn. It's a missionary family who has been pilots in the jungles of the Amazon River for 60 or 70 years. Now our family is supporting the third and the fourth generation of missionaries. I will 
do it because I have learned from the book of John to love everybody all the time. John said in 3 John verse 6, to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Are you kidding me? That means I must treat the people in my life who are called to ministry the exact same way that I would support God if he were on earth today. Listen, when it comes to missions, you're either called to be a goer or a sender. If you're called to stay, you are also called to support those who go. We are a team. It's a privilege to partner with those who are called to go. It's not drudgery or bondage. It's a privilege to support those who are called to ministry. And I hope you'll do it today. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www.justjoyministries.com. It is my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. You can contact me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.